And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. All I can say is boom, out go the lights. Houston was on fire tonight. The fireworks were starting a month and a half early with the UFC. There was some spectacular fights. We're going to talk about that. We also have the one championship with the heavyweight title changing hands. A lot of things that are on the future that we're going to get after. What's up, Joshua Thompson? You're not looking too happy. Nah, no, no, no. Not that I'm unhappy. I think it was, uh, I thought there were some big fights. There were some different results that we had thought or at least i had thought anyways and uh it, the, the fights were still good though you know the fights were still really good and um it was it was uh it was eye-opening i think there was a lot of things that i saw tonight um you know with some of the ufc fights um that i wasn't expecting to see and then there was you know and obviously the fall of brandon vera that was another thing i, I didn't really expect to see not at the way that it happened so um i guess let's get into one real quick though okay Arjun looked good. Art, look, it, it's it, I hate to say it, but I'm just going to say it the way that look, you know, I love Brandon Vera. He's a great guy. 43 years of age, living where he's living. He's a, like I said, he's a rock star there. I just don't think he's putting in the time to being a fighter anymore the way he did in the past. And uh, at 43, he's just slowed down. You know, he wasn't the better fighter anywhere. Yeah, the way it is, and and you know, when that happens, when you know you're in that position that you were this guy that was this great striker, you had a had a good ground game, and you're not winning in any of those categories. That's not a good thing. You got to figure he lost the light heavyweight title to uh, uh, Long Long Song, and uh, now he just lost the heavyweight title to Arjun, and you know he's just not not fighting at that level that he was once fighting at. And I don't know if it's based upon just age or the, you know, the skills start to go, the speed starts to go. Everything starts to change, man. It's tough when uh father time is uh, beating on the door. It's hard to keep him away. And very few people have been able to do that. He's got the style that is one of the ones that's hard to keep things going. It's not, he didn't have that controlling style. He had the explosive style. You know, big time uh, with the strikes and everything, and just ran into a guy that just you know, Arjun looked good. You know, his stand up actually looked good. His takedowns were great, and when he was on top, he was heavy and he was not going anywhere. And he fought a great fight, and he deserves to be the champ. Yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Arjun. He's a good guy, good person, good wrestler. You know, he he he's got a good pace. Um. But I just saw somebody who, for, with Brandon Vera, I saw a couple things. One is the te the technique has not gotten any better since he was, you know, making his rise up to get to the title. He has slowed down, obviously, but it's I kind of feel like life kind of gets in the way a little bit as you start to get a little bit more, like you start to get a little older and things start happening for you. And your money's coming in, whatever it is. Other things start taking a little bit more of the priorities, and it just feels like, and I think a little bit it came with the age. So there's the age mixed with more um, responsibilities or more things uh, outside of the realm of fighting. And you can't just jump in, especially now at the level that he was at, or you know, at the level you want to be at to be a champion. 
you can't you can't only train when you have a fight you have to always be getting better yep. and I, I i didn't i didn't see that in this fight or he, or in his last fight when he fought when he lost his uh light heavyweight title also so i didn't see that and so i think that was a big portion a big part of it anyways but with um with arjun good stuff good pressure good heavy heavy on top you know and uh and did the work i mean that's there's not much you can ask for you know and uh, i believe is he the very first indian uh champ in any organization that i know of yeah unless you're talking about super fight league that was in india if they had a champion yeah. there there might have been someone but you know outside of uh that you know in a, in a major promotion i would think that, yeah he is got it yeah i, I would think so too. for sure probably a heavyweight for for sure the first heavyweight uh indian <laughs> you know probably but, uh, yeah but i thought overall he, he fought a good fight very uh very uh well calculated and you know brandon brandon's got to re rethink what he's going to be doing you know if he's going to continue to fight 43 years old i mean you can get away with it in the heavyweight division for a little while we've seen other heavyweights go you know carry on for a while you know into their 40s so you can get away with it it's a matter of um if he's going to rededicate himself to make sure that he's getting better or if he's just going to keep doing what he's doing so who knows we'll see we'll see the future will hold something for him so maybe retirement maybe not we'll see we will it's uh it's always sad to see someone when you're when you're watching them, you know exactly how good they were and you're just not seeing we we kind of saw that tonight you're just not seeing the same guy he can't get himself out of the same problems he uh you know survives the round and then you you think okay he understands right back to it in the next round it's just the way it is other time i hate him yeah <laughs> uh, let's talk all. about the ufc <laughs> let's talk about the ufc all there right. was some great fights on that card there was a couple that i i was so impressed with shane burgos and edson barboza i was jumping out of my seat i was standing there watching it it was so good so many just beautiful technique you know by Barbosa at times, his technique just amazes me at times, how tight it is. It's so good. And then he was getting tagged by Burgos. Burgos was landing some big shots, and he was hurt, and he was hurt to the body early, and there was all kinds of things going on. And then you had that crazy, uh, I had one similar to it long ago, but crazy third round. He gets hit with a left right. That right just was huge. And look like you know, he ate it and his car's coming back and all of a sudden he's doing the wobbles and he's stumbling back and he's going out. And it yeah, it can happen. The body does weird things at times and uh just a fantastic effort by both fighters. Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. You were texting you I think you had texted me during that and I I did. You didn't answer me, so I'm never, ever answering a text of yours again, just so you know. (laughs) I thought it was one-sided, though. I thought Edson Barboza was winning the exchanges and and almost throughout the whole fight. No. No. Negative. If I looked at every round. Absolutely not. You go to the second round. Shane Burgos won that round. He won the round. Edson Barboza won the first round. Burgos won the second round. I don't know what you're watching. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think so. Well, maybe I'll have to go back and watch it again. 
Yep. We'll see. But I mean, I, I had I had uh, Barboza winning both rounds. Yep. Well, then you yeah, had him winning I mean, all three rounds. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but uh, I was I was kind of weirded out by the way that Shane Burgos had there was like that lag and that delay between him and his and his body stumbling backwards yeah. and then you know hitting the ground. I've seen that delay for a second, but not that seemed pretty long to me. Yeah. And then he was still kind of on his feet and then he kind of like started stumbling back. It was it was really weird for me to watch. You yeah. Know, to see it to see how it went down. And it it, I'm, I'm assuming you've seen it several times. Uh, I I had one that was very similar. It was a guy got hit with a head kick and he looked at his opponent and just shook his head like, "No, that didn't hurt me." And all of a sudden about second and a half later he just falls down. <laughs> you know? And it was like it's just a delayed reaction. His body all of a sudden just started shutting down. And I've seen it happen, and it's it happened here. What the the big thing is, unless something happens in the UFC, people are like, I've never seen that before. Well, there's fights all over, and these things can happen. And so, yeah, I've seen things that like this. It's you know similar, but it's it's a strange reaction, and it it does make it to where you have a concern about what's wrong with him because that's not normal, and it's not normal, but it's just his body. It took a it took a moment of time for his body to all of a sudden go up. We're a little bit disconnected. Up, we're going down. Up, we're out, and it happens. It just this is where you get into the you know the old realm of, I, with doctors. It used to be I, I would ask them, okay, doc. So, and we didn't know this until MMA, because if you asked a doctor back in the early days. All right, a guy gets hit and he goes out. If he gets hit again, what's going to happen? They're going to say it's just going to intensify the concussion and the knockout. And sometimes it does. And if you asked him, you know, would it be that, you know, if he gets hit and they go out, if they get hit again, can that knock them back in? No, that will not happen. Well, guess what? We learned, yes, it can. Okay. And it happens yes. all the time. And it's, uh, you know, the human body is an amazing thing, but there's things that, you know, can happen during a fight that even doctors look and go, oh, that'll never happen. Oh, yes, it will. So this yeah. is just one of those instances. Um, what other fights on that undercard did you like? The Lando Venata fight was good. Uh, Jordan Wright came Love out Love the Lando Venata fight. Yes. So. But the disgusting I, one was Andre Muniz versus Jacare. I heard oh, that God. thing. I didn't see it, but I, I heard when it was live. I heard it. I go, oh, his arm broke. And right away, Jacob Montalvo's coming in. Great job by Jacob Montalvo. He not only saw it, he heard it, and he comes in right away and stops the fight. And that's exactly what we tell the fighters in the back. Look, we will let you work your way out of any submission there is. Okay? But if we see any damage, damage being we see a dislocation, we see a break, Look, the fight's over. You have lost. Don't let it get to that. And, you know, in that situation, that was a little bit weird because Jacare's arm kind of got stuck underneath. You saw it where it was pinned as he was coming up and then right into the arm arm lock, and there was a lot of weight on it. So mm -hmm. just just happens. Yeah, I was I was surprised that the commentators didn't catch it, like, right off the bat. They had to yeah. actually go back and watch the replay. Yeah, You know, I was like... It was pretty. I saw the whole the whole shoulder and the whole body oh, shift. Yeah. You saw it. 
you know immediately yeah but was it a broken forearm was it a bro- or dislocated shoulder what was it we haven't got into we haven't figured that I out i don't because you know it, someone it said it was his shoulder. upper arm being the humerus i don't think so uh, it, it could be just based upon the pressure where it's at but it, it really normally it, that's usually towards the forearm that'll break because of that's where that pressure is put on it's hard to put pressure on the upper arm the upper arm Normally, if we see a break in the upper, upper arm, it's due to a Kimura. We see a Kimura, and that Kimura is getting bent over, and we get what's called a rotational break, a spiral. Spiral. And it's it's nasty. You know, that's happened to, like, Nogueira. Frank Mir broke Nogueira's arm with a Kimura, spiraled on the humerus. But I would believe that it was his forearm that broke. Yeah, I couldn't tell whether he'd, like, if it pulled or dislocated his shoulder out. Or if it was something that broke, but it sounded like it broke. Oh, it broke. When you There's heard, no doubt. You can hear yeah, it. It sounded like something broke. When it was live, as soon as I heard it, I go, oh, his arm broke. You know, yeah. You just, you could hear it. It's a sound. When you hear that sound, you you recognize it. You know, I felt, I felt really bad for him. And it's, you know, this, it's kind of like the Chris Weidman kick and stuff. You know, you, that happens. It's like, oh, shit. You know, but you know, he'll be yeah, all right. Especially right now. But at that age, he's—I think he's retired. Probably. It's gonna take. I mean, for something like that, they may have to put a plate in. Oh, they're gonna you know, have to put a plate in. Time. Yeah, you know, so if something like that, you have to put a plate in, and um, and then now every time you take a kick or a punch to that to that plate, and he, not just to be honest, watching that fight, you could just see how slow, how much slower Jacare has been, like his punches and his the way he, things were coming out, it looked very stiff and very slow. And I think like fighters, like we had had this conversation about, you know, Tony before and even other guys, whether, you know, whoever it was, they've got to be real with themselves and like, look at who they, like, look at how they are fighting, you know, when they're in there. So when you go back and watch this fight, just knowing that you're not as fast as you were and now you're fighting younger kids, you know, that are obviously at the peak of their game, you know, or coming up as the peak of their game, they're motivated, they're their confidence level is really high. Whereas with you at being 41 years old, I mean, he's got to be thinking, the UFC's probably got to be thinking too. You know, like you're a guy that's one of the best jiu-jitsu guys ever to walk the face of the earth and you just got submitted by a younger kid. You know, and that shouldn't have happened. So, and now you've broken your arm and you're going to be out for say eight months, you know, six to eight months and having you back for what, you know? So I I think they're going to start reevaluating that. We've seen that with what they've been doing lately is kind of, separating themselves from the older talent yeah you know you got to figure he's coming off he was coming off of a loss with kevin holland a knockout Mm -hmm. it was a big time knockout actually from kevin holland's back so i i don't know i just look at it and it was a very nice win by andre take nothing away from it but it's sad to see a fighter like jacare you know get hurt like that but that's part of what fighting is that's why you can play basketball. You can play baseball. You don't play fighting. It's serious. Yeah. yeah what did you think of the Andre Leah fight? I loved it. I loved it. I thought, you know, there was moments for both. I thought uh, Antonina was uh, sharper on the feet for a lot of it. She uh, was using her length and stuff. And when Andrea Lee uh, in the second round got that fight to the ground, and, and I thought Andrea Lee actually came back in the first round. She was doing well. But. Uh, when she got that triangle, you know, they were talking about all the different things. The arm wasn't across for a lot of it. And it's yeah. very difficult you, to, to just 
make a triangle work without the arm. It doesn't work because you have a one side that's always open as far as the carotids. And it's just, you know, they're sitting there saying, oh, she's in trouble. It's like, not right now. She's not. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, there was moments where she did get in trouble and then she kind of worked her way out. Uh, But I thought it was uh, a nice maneuver for Andrea to stick with it all the way through. I would have thought her legs were blowing up after a while, too. I would have thought she would have done a couple of different things to make the triangle work a little bit different at times, but she's the one feeling that to sit there on the outside and say, oh, you need to do this. Well, sometimes that's nice to say, but when you're there, you can feel that I can't do that right now. So uh, I love the switch to the arm bar. I love that she put the arm uh, underneath her arm to you know really put the pressure on the elbow because with a lot of the ladies, they're so flexible in their joints that they can put up with a lot of pressure, but you put that much on, that really makes that difference. And that's how she got yeah. the tap. I, I was impressed with Andrea Lee's performance. I thought she fought really well. Yeah. I was surprised she was able to hold that triangle on for basically three and a half minutes. So I'm telling you. Her. Yeah, I was thinking to myself, man, she's going to have a hard time walking back to her car oh, after this. Exactly. But uh, <clears throat> she was dirty. She was trying to mix it up in a bunch of different ways, but what she had, what I felt like she needed to do was just settle down and and i was listening to a little bit of joe's advice as well he should she should have been pulling down on the head so there was a couple times where she put the arm across but then she should have been pulling down on the head from that moment yeah she wasn't i think that would have made a big difference as well but there was moments there where um antonina she had like her elbow was almost clear so there was moments where there was gaps like i think joe was saying the same thing there was gaps in there then she looked like she could have potentially been out so i could tell that they, they wasn't fully on you know, around the neck. So there was moments where, like, you could see a little bit of her chin coming out the, you know, coming out the back end there. But then, you know, uh, Andre Lee pulled her back inside. And then she was trying to wiggle it around, trying to move the arm in a bunch of different areas. But she was moving so much that she wasn't really focused on one, those two specific things, putting the arm over and pulling the head down. I think that's what kind of delayed the submission. But then eventually, with like she said, with, like, what, 10 seconds left? Or no, a yeah. minute left. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, it was like about ten seconds left that yeah. she stretched the arm and was able to get it. Got to go for it, you know. At the end there, you only got ten seconds left. Got to go for it. So it was. She got lucky. She was able to get it behind the arm though. Also, yeah, the armpit. Big difference when it comes to the ladies. Yes, very true. Um, you know who reminds me of American Psycho? That Jordan Wright kid. That's <laughs> <laughs> like that. He's a very weird personality. Yeah, well, he's very. You know, uh... like, I don't know if it's weird, but he's he's very like straight laced. You know? Yes, he's a. Uh, mm-hmm. I can see him being an American Psycho though, somebody that <laughs> seems very straight, but like on the other side, like like a Dexter type person, right? Oh, so, Dexter, man, you've gone all the way to serial killer. Way to go! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's got that. He has that look, a little bit of that look and that vibe to him when he talks. That he's like seems very prim and proper. But he's probably behind closed doors, just killing people, <laughs> just stringing them up. What I just—I don't know. Maybe it's just me. That's what I got from it. like his interview, his post-fight interview. Oh, it was great. Um, he had never fought in front of a crowd in the UFC. I go, eh, good point. All right, yeah. There you go. That's so funny, right? Some of, some of these fighters have never fought a crowd because he came in 2020. That's crazy. Um, Lando Venata and Mike Grundy. Oh. I thought Lando looked smooth, groovy, all the things that they had talked about. Yeah. He just looked so relaxed. He did. 
You know, he's fun to watch. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more output from him. I mean, but he was obviously more afraid of conceding a takedown and being stuck on bottom, you know, and carrying the weight. But he did a great job at stuffing takedowns and not just stuffing them. But even when he didn't get it, or even when he was getting, getting ready to be taken down, he'd turn his back and start fighting the hands right away. And I was like, well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, and um, I thought he did a fabulous job of stuffing the takedowns and, and escaping the takedowns or not letting him get it fully to the ground. He did a great job. Let's talk about what, the score of 30-27. Yes. What the hell was that? No idea. None. <laughs> I was like, what? I just I'm, I'm listening. And I, I can't remember what they said. The first, I think first score was twenty nine twenty. I said okay, okay, and they go thirty twenty seven, and I went for Grundy. Are you are you fucking mad? But whatever, you know. At least at least the right guy won. That's all I care about. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but not at times. He took big shots. He took a couple of big shots. His, his head was snapping back on a couple of because Grundy was you know coming after him, but Grundy was. I thought Dean Thomas said the right thing. He was compartmentalized in the way he was approaching the fight. It was either he was wrestling or he was striking and it never meshed together where he was going after the striking and then went into the grappling area, which gave uh, Lando a lot of opportunities to be successful in stopping the takedowns. And it was just, he looked as good as I've ever seen him at 145 pounds. He looked great. Since that was his first featherweight fight, he looked fantastic. Yeah, I thought he looked great. Uh, and he was saying that the weight cut was easy, the easiest weight cut he's had in a long time. I thought he looked smooth. I thought he looked, uh, he didn't look like a good guy. He gassed out at the end after the weight cut. So he looked, I think he's finally found his weight class and hopefully we'll see a lot more of his activity. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's, I think he's 32. I think he's around 32. Anyways, but he doesn't have, I don't want to say he doesn't have long. But to get up to that title contention, he's gonna it's gonna take about two years. You know, you figure two more fights, one more fight maybe this year, maybe two fights next year, and that should put him in the top five if he if he has success. So twenty nine. Who knows? I always love watching him fight. He's fun. He is fun. No, he's twenty nine. Did you see the he did a spinning I don't even know I I'm gonna call it so he did the tornado with no mm-hmm. No kick, no punch, nothing. He just jumped up like he was a, a, a ballet guy and just did a spin. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. all right, what was that? That was pretty cool, but didn't do anything. But he, he's, he's probably just, thinking about doing it. He was. Yeah. He's just fun to watch. He's, he's a fun, fun fighter to watch. But he definitely deserved the win. I'm glad he got it. Um, What other what fights were on there? Well, let's talk okay, about I, the Caitlin... Takugian fight against Arujo. Mm-hmm. A lot of people well, were, were complaining about Caitlin winning the fight. I know uh, Cormier had pe- basically given Arujo the first two rounds. But let's be honest. First round, she definitely got. Second round is very close. So it could have gone either way. And take a look at her at the end of the fight. She got beat up. Caitlin did a lot of work, did a lot of volume on her at the end. Actually, hit her with more strikes in the, I think the, you know, both the second and the third round. So a lot of people were complaining. It's like I don't know what you're complaining about. That was a good fight for both, and it's very easy to see how the judges could have gone with Caitlin in the second round, um, 
overall, if you look at the volume for the entire fight, I think Caitlin had a lot uh, more volume in the fight, but it was a good, clean fight. I want to see Arujo again. She's strong. She's, she's, she, she's got good ground. You can see she's got a good base. She's got good stand-up. She's going to be really good. She just needs to come into, you know, just fighting more. Yeah. I thought Chikagian won the fight, and it, she did. But I'm saying I thought she had she had the more output. This The problem is, though, is that she doesn't sit down on anything, really. No, Not a lot of power delivery. She's like a point fighter. Yeah, she reminds me a little bit of, I don't want to say Stephen Thompson, but it has, like, the no. kicks that, but, like, that style of kicking, like, where the foot goes up and it's, like, more of a slap, slap. instead of, like, yeah. Yeah, it's not. So, I'm not trying to make the comparison, but I just did. So it's like, <laughs> but it it had that karate style. I should say the karate style of kicking. You know, um, she has that. I do like her little tip kick or push kick that she does. That's pretty good. Um, there was one time she was able to knock her off balance onto her feet. I want to say it was the beginning of the second. She she's good. My thing is is when I watch anybody fight in that weight class, I'm thinking to myself, you're never going to be champion. So it's like. <laughs> Like they, none of them are going to beat Valentina Shevchenko. None of them. No, and so I, when I'm watching them, fight, I'm like, you guys, you guys have a long ways to go before you get to her, you know, like be able to have success against her. So I don't know. It was one, I'm, I, it's hard. It kind of, it's kind of a vibe kill. I know for me when I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, well, you guys, what I'm seeing out of you is not going to be enough to beat the champion. So, all right. It's cool to watch you fight, but. I don't watch them fight thinking, oh, you can't beat the champion. I just watch them fight. I know, I know, but <laughs> that's, that's in my, it's in my mind, though. That, that goes through my mind. I wonder, I'm like, damn, that sucks. You know? it's it's You got to think about... I mean, like, think about all the guys that were fighting in, in, in John Jones' weight class for the longest time, and they're like, yeah, I'm going to beat John. and beat John. You're like thinking to yourself, nah, no, you're Probably not. not. <laughs> so, you know? <laughs> Um, okay, so did, you, did the Tony Ferguson and Darius fight live up to your hype? Uh, did it live up to my hype? It lived up to exactly what we talked about. Yeah. I got a 37-year-old guy facing a younger guy, and he's just not able to stop what that guy does. And in the end, you know, every round, you know, I'm listening, I'm listening to uh, Ben in his corner talking and saying, all right, hey, you know, doesn't want to stand with you I'm like it's because he doesn't have to stand with you this is not he doesn't want to stand with you he's taking the fight and putting it in the place where it's easiest for him to win that's that's being smart you know why take the chance and i I, even in the stand-up it wasn't like tony was doing anything that you look and you go wow he's he's really uh he's landing big solid shots he's giving benil you know a hard time there he wasn't and and it's it's basically you know I hate to say when you're right, and, I, and and I'd hate to say this against you, but when you talked about the difference when you were 37 and you fought Tony and he was 32, and you go, look at this is exactly reversed, and it was exactly that same problem. It was just that wave where, yeah, you're fighting hard. It's just you're a step behind, and it's just not working. And that's what I saw in this fight for Tony. It's just that Benil was a step ahead. Uh, you know, Tony again showed... He's fucking crazy tough. That freaking heel hook, I would have tapped to five times. It was nasty. Yeah. It, I think it popped his leg. You know, he doesn't tap. He's just tough as shit, but he slowed down. 
he has he has just physically slowed down and that's the difference that you're seeing that's the difference between the tony ferguson that was winning 12 fights in a row and the tony ferguson that now has lost three fights in a row and yeah it's not going to change with the people that he's in that weight class with that that they can put with him it's not going to change until they go down you know into the areas that he's going to be saying he doesn't want to fight yeah yeah I, I i hate to say that i feel like i'm right about that situation because i like tony you know and um like i we had talk, like we talked about his mental toughness will, will always be there yep but the physical part of it is just not it's not going to be there anymore and it's going to get now like you look at like when you look at the damage you took in the gates you fight that you leave a part of your your body and you know you leave a part of yourself in the cage yep. and then not even so much that he took a lot of damage in the Oliveira fight, but we don't know the results of that armbar and how tight it was and how messed up his elbow was. He's going to have more damage and more stuff going on after he's done with his fight. And now the knee, you know, with the the reverse hill hook, like that type of stuff. Not tapping to that stuff at 37 years old. Like, I don't know how much pain it was. But Darius said, he's like, yeah, I felt it pop. He's like, it was loud. He's like, you know, I heard it and I felt it. Yep. And then I asked about it. He's like, he didn't even answer me. And so... But then that right there is another thing that's going to just slow you down because now you're taking damage to the point where like you're tearing ligaments or you're, you know, whatever it is, tearing cartilage, whatever it is, you're hurting yourself. So in the long run, you're not going to have an active life. Like, you know, it's going to be a lot harder for you, you know, after fighting when you're not training all the time, your body, like I talked about last week is I have, and we talked about in the, uh, the commissions meeting, I said, most of my injuries I didn't really feel while I was fighting. And now I'm 43 years old and like I feel them all the time, you know, and it's like, cause I'm not training every single day. I'm not doing all the things that I was to keep my body strong, you know, and that's going to, that's when the fighters start to feel it is not, not a year or two after it's like four or six, maybe eight years later when they're retired, they start feeling all these pains. And so I'd hate to see him keep doing like things like that. Like he did today with the reverse hill hook and in the arm bar position, like, just tap move on let's go a loss is a loss whether you lose in a decision or you lose by tap a loss is a loss you know and to save your body you know for the future uh you have a whole other life to live after this you know after your your fight career is done it's going to be another 30 years hopefully you know god willing maybe even 40 you know what i mean so i don't know it's it's uh it's hard to say it's hard to see why it's hard for me to watch because like I said, I look at it, I look at as if he was me during the time that we fought. And I got a lot of respect for him, man. He's a grinder. He's tough. He's, and like I said, his mental fortitude is just absolutely insane. But it's just father time. Nothing you can do. Yeah. We'll see what his decisions are. We'll see what they but that, do. But you got to, you know, you got to give it to, let's not take anything away from Dariush. He fought no, no, smart. No. He dominated the fight. Uh, he did everything that he was supposed to do. He, you know, similar to what Oliveira, Oliveira should have gotten a submission against him. You know, just Tony was too tough. Same with Dariush. He should have tapped to that uh, heel hook, but you know, you got to give it to Dariush and, and all the things that he was doing in there. He looked great, you know, and uh, you know they were talking about when Tony locked up the locked up the darts up against the cage when uh, Darius was on top of him and they're saying, oh, you know, this is trouble. And I'm going, 
No, it's not. I'm sorry. That's not the position you want to be in with that Darce. That's not going to work. You're not against someone that knows what they're doing. If the guy doesn't know what he's doing, yeah, it could be a problem. But, you know, they and they had talked about all the things that Darius had, uh, you know, all of his competition in jiu-jitsu and stuff. And like I said, you know, he used to compete in the tournaments I had at my gym. And, you know, back then, and he was good. And, uh, you know, he's... He's not a guy you're just going to throw a darts on and he's going to be tapping. That's not going to happen. He's that good on the ground. What I was impressed by the most out of him was that he stuck to his game plan. Yeah. You know, he very rarely does that in some of his other fights. You know, he's he gets coaxed into that whole let's stand and bang or let's trade and let's get grimy and dirty. But, I mean, to be honest, he made it look easy. Everything he did, he made it look easy. The big slam, you know, where he slammed Tony. Yep. And he had the... T- very first takedown there was a lot of positions in there where you know tony could have locked in the triangle or went tried to get to the triangle but he was controlling that ankle so he couldn't wiggle the leg out he did a lot of good things he took a lot of big elbows in that in that first exchange on the ground i was expecting him to like back out i was also expecting him to cut but that never happened so it was just like um, because he doesn't have soft in- skin like some people like me, yeah. Like he, <laughs> I'm a soft kind of guy, you know. No, it just uh, it was it was it was uh, he fought he fought his game plan, stayed on track, and you could just see. But there was no change in Tony. There was no there was, there was no sense of urgency to get back to his feet. No sense of urgency to like yeah. he was just comfortable being in guard, comfortable trying to trying to shoot submissions or comfortably. And that that you can't fight that way, knowing that the guy wants to keep taking you down. Because he knows that's where his advantage is, or not his advantage, but he knows he feels comfortable down there with no with no risk. Yeah. So the objective is to make him feel uncomfortable by getting back to your, excuse me, but by, by getting back to your feet, and that never happened. And like I agree with you with his damn corner, he just kept telling him like, oh, he don't want to fucking stand with you. Yeah. Um, you know, what I want to say in the second round, he said, well, he said something else too. I was I was thinking the same thing that you were probably thinking it was like, it, it was like it was basically like everything was okay yeah. and i'm like everything's not okay what no you're, you're losing? losing like but you at know, that point, lost two. if you looked at tony that was you know when you, you made the one comment you know he wasn't showing anything if you look at tony's face and you look at his body language before the start of the third round you can see it you yeah know, he knows he's 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 hurt he knows his leg is jacked now he knows he doesn't have any good balance he knows he's not gonna be able to stop the takedown and you could just see it in the, you know, the way he was looking. It's like, holy Christ, it's happening again. And I, yeah. I really felt bad for him at that point. But this is part of the game, you know. The mean, There's always going to be a young, the mean evil mistress, man. Yep. There's going to always be a young stud that comes up. You, you know, yeah. your your time on top will last forever. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get right into that main event. Oh my God! You got to admit it was a great fight. Yeah, it was a good. A lot. Was that? Had a little bit of everything in it. It did. I, I really loved the fact that Charles did the you know what we looked at and said, well, he's got you know it, when Mike comes out, he's got to meet that. He cannot give ground to Mike and start backing out, circling out. He's got to make Mike have to stop. He did that right away. And you look, yeah. you went, oh, there you go. Coaches are they're they're watching film. They're understanding. Don't give that ground. You know, he's technically, man, he's tight. He's sharp in what he does. He got tagged a couple of times, though, you know, in, in that 
you know, when he, when he had, when he, uh, let's, I'll go back before that. He ends up, you know, getting the back on Chandler and he's working and, you know, my wife is watching. She says, Oh, he's in trouble. I go, not right now. I said, you watch, he's going to spin. The biggest problem is when he's got the body triangle and he's got that one leg up. I said, that's the side Mike's going to want to spin to wait until he gets that leg free. That's what he's going to try to spin. He does it all the time. And this is where you look at body types. He's got that. We talked about really strong core and he continuously does this same maneuver when guys get his back all the time as he spins inside of their, that body triangle, he was able to do it again to get himself out of danger. And he did a lot of good work on the ground. You know, he beat Charles up on the ground during that first round. He hurt him in the standup, put him down. I give it to Charles, man, tough as hell. Cause he was in trouble at that one point when he was on his, on his knees taking shots and he went to his back to go to guard smart, smart, intelligent fighting by a veteran fighter that says, man, I can't stay here and I'm not going to be able to get up. Let me at least get myself back, you know, and you've only got the, the tools that you have go forward. And that means if I put my back, you know, on the ground, at least I have something that I can hold on to him, you know, touch him with. I thought it was a smart move by Charles. He was able to survive the round. It was easily a clear round for Michael Chandler, but just coming out of that round, you look and you said, okay, we got a fight. And then right away, he lands that beautiful left hook. And look, you land, you know, one shot will change any fight. That could have gone four rounds the same way. And you land that left hook like he did. That was a beautiful shot. And as soon as he landed, I said, oh, it's over. <laughs> Mike was able to kind of spin out and survive for a couple seconds. But you, know, you take a big shot like that and you see that energy snapping that head around like it did you're in trouble yeah there was a couple things i thought charles had charles had the right game plan he came out right away and threw a couple calf kicks and one of them actually dropped chandler i think it was like one of the first ones or the second yeah one. But he was up in the air uh, and that's why but but it was good yeah yeah it was good but that that and then he came out like you said i really enjoyed the fact that he came out and met michael right in the middle and didn't yep. back away and you that push kick, that tip kick right to the face and also to the body to let him know. And then also, too, when Michael threw, he just stood there. He never backed away from the power. He yeah. just covered up real tight with his defense, yep. and he just stood there. He ended up getting caught, like you said, like um, towards the midway through, midway point, I think, of the second round. He got caught and got wobbled and rocked a little bit and stuff like that. But he, like, I love the fact that he was able to brush it off. You know, he just kept 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 to his game plan, kept doing what he was doing. He had a lot. He had a lot of good attacks. I was I was expecting when he got to when he got to Michael's back. I was like, "Ooh, this is dangerous." I didn't think he was going to finish him, but I was like, I could see him staying here for as long as he possibly can until Chandler can finally get the escape. You know, um, but I was like, "There's there can be opportunities there whether Chandler because sometimes Chandler does." He risks it all to get out sometimes, and he leaves his arms out. He yeah. leaves things open. I was thinking at any time because Charles is slick in terms of his transitions, super slick. Yeah, so, but you got to say, look, I was nobody has ever submitted Chandler, and he's he's had guys you know that have had him in bad spots, and not one of them have submitted. So it's not an easy out for anybody in, the, in that category. Yeah, I think I think what we saw though, John and. Tell me what you think, because I, I have my thoughts. Yeah, 
I th I thought I was watching another Michael Chandler Will Brooks fight where he got to that like he was lunging in trying to catch him. There was moments where Chandler was reaching so so wide that he was missing the punches. It was like I felt like he was having a hard time with the reach, um, trying to hit Oliveira. Oliveira's defense was tight. Like he left himself open trying to reach and get to him, and even when he got rocked. He turned away, trying to like remember how he did with Will Brooks. He kind of like turned his face away, kind of like just try to run away. Yeah. He did that same thing in this situation. He he reacts differently when he gets in trouble, uh, on the feet. Regardless, like uh, is what I'm talking about. And I saw a little bit of that tonight, and that's that's a little dangerous. I mean, Charles to me doesn't seem like he has a lot of power, but he stays tight with everything, and his so his punches got there pretty fast, and he was on defensively on cue. Just cover and then throw right back. I was very impressed. I was just very impressed with everything Oliveira did, weathering the storm in the first, losing good positions, and then being put in shitty positions. And then it seemed like when he came out in the second, it was like, okay, round round one is behind me now. Now let's let's get into round two. And he just he came out just doing the same thing he started off in round in round one with, and he had success with was he came out and started boxing a little bit with a couple one I think one one leg kick. He just. It seemed like nothing phased him. I mean, that's what you want out of your champion. Great stuff, man. Yeah, I was, I was thoroughly impressed with him, like all the way around. One, he's one of the hard. Things, he's be oh yeah, one one of the things that I, I really saw, Chandler was nervous. Pressure was mm -hmm. getting to him. You could see it no matter what. I, and there's certain there was certain little moments that when he was in the cage and he was walking around and moving, you see him taking those gulping breaths. It's telling you, man, you know what? The nerves are there. The butterflies, he's feeling it, and the adrenaline's flowing. And when you watch Oliveira, everything Oliveira was doing, he was very relaxed. He was calm. To me, he looked ready, and he looked like I deserve to be here. I think, you know, he had never been in that championship fight there. You know, Chandler had been in championship fights, but the pressure of being in the UFC in a championship fight, I think it got to him a little bit because and especially even when you look at the end of the first round, I always look at a guy's diaphragm. It's a habit from when I was refing. And you look at the diaphragm of Chandler, man, he was breathing heavy, which is telling you he had a big old adrenaline dump from all that stuff. Now, he was doing a lot of work. I'm not saying anything about it. But you could see he got elevated, and, and a lot of that had to do with just the pressure and the adrenaline and everything happening in that fight. And when he didn't get rid of him, uh, in a way, I think I kind of played on his head a little bit too, you know, like that, that was a, that was a big chance of mine. Instead of just saying eh, next round, let's just do the same thing. It just didn't work out for him because he got touched really quick and early and it was over. But I do think nerves played it, played a little bit of a part in that fight. I feel like he came in a little overconfident. I just I got that vibe in his interviews. I got that vibe in his in his uh what weigh in they had a weigh in interview that they showed, I think, with him with Megan O'Levy. He had like he had like this this way I've always felt about him. He has those one liners and like those those things that he says. You know what I mean? And it just yeah. comes across, I guess, maybe, maybe it's me, it comes across as arrogant and cocky, which a lot of us are. A lot of fighters are that way. I'm not, I'm not here to dispute that. But I, but the, what I read into these ones, though, was that I think he started, like, he came in overconfident. 
is is how I looked at it. I'm not going to take anything away from Charles. Charles had a great fight. Yeah. Fought a beautiful fight. I just think Chandler came in thinking, like, I'm going to touch this kid and he's going to fold. And, you know, and I don't think he expected him to still be there after that first round. And when he was kept saying, like, well, I'm going to get him out of there in, in, you know, in the first two rounds or whatever it is, that's a lot of pressure you put on yourself, you know, to actually live up to that, you know. And then the way he just came into the UFC with a big win, you know, big knockout win over Dan Hooker, I think there was more expectations of him doing it again. And, I mean, I, 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 can, I can admit to myself, too. I was like, I was like, man, how does Charles win this fight? I was like, I don't see him subbing him. I definitely didn't see him knocking out Michael. But I did see him trying to – I did see him kind of outworking Michael in the, say, the rounds the rounds three, four, and five. Uh, that's where I thought it would go. I didn't think it would go the way that it went. So, yeah. hey, Tim, yeah, man, the kid's, the kid's talented. He's super good. You know, a lot of people are complaining. You know, now they're really going to say something about he didn't deserve that shot. Yes, he did. He came in. Yeah. He did a good job against Dan Hooker. He's someone when you're looking because they'd already made the Poirier. Obviously, I think that Dustin Poirier deserved the championship uh, shot more than anybody. But you know, and, and I thought that Charles Oliveira was the second guy that deserved that shot. But if you're going to take Poirier out of the equation. Eh, I was looking to say, well, Chandler's a good person to put in there since he just had a big win. He's new to the to the promotion and stuff. It, it all made sense to me. I thought it was the right fight to do. But you know, it's been done in the past. You know, people. I I hear people saying, well, you know, oh, no one's ever had a you know a title fight after two fights. Bullshit. People have had title fights in their very first fight in the UFC. You know. Yeah. Short memories. Gil Melendez. You know came in from strike force and fought Benson Henderson in his very first fight in the UFC. Yeah. The, the UFC Quentin, brought, what's that? Didn't Quentin get us off of his second fight? Was no, uh, Chuck yeah, Quentin off his, his second fight. fight. He, he fought first fought Marvin Eastman in his first fight and then fought Ch uh, Chuck Liddell in his second fight and won the title. Yeah. You know, so there was another one you had mock, you know, mock Sakurai came in and yeah. one fight. He's got one fight in the UFC. It was against Matt Hughes for the title. You know, so yeah. they have done that. You know, Brock Lesnar, he fought what I think uh his third fight was was against uh Randy Couture. He had lost to Frank Mir in his first fight, beat Keith Herring, and then he got a title fight against Randy Couture. So, you know, you've had those kind of things happen with the UFC in the past, but you know, it's all good. I thought he deserved it. I thought, look, if you're gonna, if Connor and Dustin were gonna fight, yeah. that's what changed the whole dynamic. Sure it did. And then I said, if if Connor wasn't gonna fight uh, Dustin, then I could see Dustin and and Oliveira then maybe uh, making that was um, the one. If you're looking, because based upon if you're looking at guys that were winning and who had fought recently and deserved it, well, Dustin, he you know mm -hmm. beat Connor, that puts him in a position, and he was number one. That puts him in the position. He's still number one. And then when Oliveira fights Tony Ferguson, you know, that puts him on, what, an eight-fight win streak? And he beats Tony Ferguson? Those two deserved it. And Dustin ends up, he's going to do the the trilogy fight with Connor. I don't blame him. It's understandable. And so that puts you in the position of, okay, well, who do you think deserves it? Well, Justin Gaethje was coming off of a loss. So it's really not the fight that you want to put him in. And then you, you look at everybody else, and, you know, RDA is back there, but probably not. You know, so the, the Chandler thing made total sense. 
They're they're gonna have to do the Justin Gaethje and Michael Chandler fight. That's gonna have to be next. Both coming off losses. Well, either try to get one of them. Either that, or you know, if they're gonna have a well, I don't know. I think Tony Ferguson's gonna be out for a while, anyways. But after that press conference, <laughs> the Dana White privilege press conference. I don't know. I could see Chandler and, and Tony Ferguson, but who knows? That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, I really think they're going to try to put that Justin Gaethje and Chandler fight together, the two of them. You know, then, I mean, it would make sense. That'd be definitely a, a, that'd be another main event. Well, they like. I don't know the, if you can make it. As I don't you, think you can make a Tony Ferguson or Michael Chandler main event. Yeah. Well, again, they do like to put two people that have losses into that mm-hmm. fight together so someone comes out with a win so that's the kind of uh scenario i could see yeah it could happen oh yeah we're gonna see it Ooh, yeah. um scroll, scroll down there on the on the fight card no on the fight card that what did you think of the or i can't even pronounce her last name uh priscilla the priscilla, priscilla fight yeah, Cachoeira. <laughs> Mazzani just ran out of gas. Let's just be honest. She, yeah, but it was. I thought it was a great comeback by Priscilla. It was. It was nasty. with you know, and you're gonna hear a lot of people say something about Beltran with the stand-up because it was after the stand-up uh, from the guard position uh, that all of a sudden Priscilla just took over and uh, Gina was in real trouble with it. And ended up, you know, basically losing from that point. But it was it was the right thing to do with the stand up at the time. You know, she was tired. She wasn't doing anything as far as damaging her. She wasn't trying to improve her position. So he gave her time, and eventually it was all right. I'm going to stand you up from that position. So he stands him up, and it was just fatigue. Fatigue is what beat Gina. And I don't know if it was based upon the weight cut. I don't know if it was based upon the training. I don't know if it was based upon uh, the pressure of fighting Priscilla, you know, thinking that she was a big, you know, puncher and that was going to cause her problems and there was nerves. I don't know. But she did gas, and that was the big difference in her losing that fight. Yeah, she she gassed a lot. The pressure, she was having to circle and stay away, and she had no reaction. You know, there was moments there where she actually turned away. She's a little bit of a chance. Yeah, that's like the one turned. about the time you're gonna the fight will get stopped on you. Yeah, but I thought it was a good comeback by uh, Priscilla. I thought Priscilla fought it. She didn't fight a great fight up until that moment, but she capitalized on that moment of being stood back up. Like, hey, this is my chance. Yeah. So she went after her, seeing how tired she was. I thought I thought she did a great job. You know, if you remember sorry. Priscilla, Priscilla was the one that fought uh, Valentina Shevchenko, and she came yeah. in last last minute replacement you know and and just got beat down badly in that fight and uh you know she's come back from that fight and done very well in the ufc so congratulations to her yeah good stuff all right guys go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com use the promo code wayne in and they'll give you some extra money and some extra cash and we will hopefully you guys used our bets or hopefully you guys didn't actually hopefully you guys didn't. <laughs> Yeah, right. Um, but I think we went with Darius, though, in that fight, didn't we? I did, yeah. I went with Darius. Yeah, we went with Darius. Yeah, we went with Darius, and then uh, I said to go with Chandler. Uh, you, we we both kind of leaned that way because Chandler was the underdog. But it I wasn't think I went on rounds. Did you go on rounds? Yeah. 
So, hey, good stuff though. Oh uh, yeah, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Wayne in. Get some extra cash for some upcoming events. What else you got for us, Dave? Um, did you see that the UFC increased the bonus money for fighters at two sixty two? Yeah, we heard it. They, I think they bumped it up to 75K, which is nice. I think it's great. Uh, is it just a one-off or is it – because I think what happened was – I want to say Tony said it or, or Oliveira said it, I think, at the presser. They said, uh, hey, why don't, you, why don't you sweeten that deal a little bit or something like that. And then Dana came out and said, yeah, he's going to do it to 75K. I mean, you would think – I mean, what they make? They made $2 billion this year. They made over a billion dollars this year in profit for 2020. So <laughs> I'd say – I'd say they can afford another seventy-five grand to, for fighters that for another twenty-five. Grand. <laughs> yeah, but it's not. Or, yeah, that's whatever fair. it is. They don't have to do it. You know, yeah. let's just be honest and take a look at. It. They don't have to do it, and and the fact that they are, be it if it's seventy-five, fifty, twenty-five. Obviously, the more it is, the better. But it's awesome that they do it. The, you know, the 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 worst part is you're going to get ones like you know Angela Angela Lee had a great performance there and gets the the submission on Chevchenko and she's asking for it, you know, and then, you know, Jordan Wright ends up with a big time, you know, quick finish on Pickett, you know, and so, well, he could kind of get it. And then Lando Venata has a great, you know, long fight, but that, that one's not going to do it. You don't, you're not going to get it if you're uh Muniz with the, the arm break, even though you deserve it on that fight. Cause you've, you really, you know, you submitted, a guy that people would have said, you're never going to get a submission on that guy, you know? And so yeah. all these fights, you know, the Edson Barbosa, Shane Burgos fight, so many of those fights and you, you, you look at the fighter that doesn't get it and you go, man, I'm sorry. You deserved it. You had a great performance, but yeah, those guys got it. But that's, that's the only problem. Yeah. You'd like to, you'd, you'd like to see all of them get their bonus. Yeah. They, t and they tend to like, if the main card fighters, if it's close with the main card fighter versus the prelim fighter, the main card fighter is going to get it. Yep. They're trying to, they're trying to keep those main card fighters happy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. What else you got for us, Dave? Stop um, yawning, man. You're going to make me yawn more um, than I already do. Jeez. <laughs> um, did you guys see the news that Dana White blocked the GSP and Oscar De La Hoya fight? Oh, see, I never said anything about that. I told Josh about yeah. it. Yeah, I didn't say anything about it either. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I figured that they would try and they, they would try and block it. I don't know what the fuck, John. Let yeah. him box, dude. What do you care? Like that's why my this is this is why this is why people want the that all the act and all the other union shit. The, moments like this. Dude, you're, he's 41 years old. Let him fucking go box a guy who's 50-something years old in, in a in a thriller show or whatever the fuck. No one cares. Like, they want to just see something that's entertaining. They're not going to go back and go like, oh, yeah, it was a UFC guy. And they're not going to give a shit. No one's going to care. You know, this is all just a gimmick. This is all just for ways to make money. It's They're fun fights. Let them do it. And I, almost, I, I actually think that fucking GSP is going to fucking mop the floor with them. <laughs> with the way Oscar, the way Oscar's been lately, I mean, I, I he's you know, I don't think health wise that he's gonna be he's somebody that would prepare for the fight. 
Well, I don't think he'd take it serious. And I think GSP, we all know he's someone that takes everything seriously uh, when it comes to this stuff. There's no doubt that GSP takes it seriously. I do know that, you know, when I told you, look, they're, you know, they want to put Oscar De La Hoya against GSP. Um, I do know that Oscar was training and he was, you know, he was training pretty good. Then he had that nice little bender at their show where he was, uh, commentating that did not look good, but, um, this is where exactly what you're saying. And it's the same thing. You know, if you remember Dan Hardy, you know, asked for his release and they gave it to him after, uh, a little bit with, you know, him wanting to go back and fight, but you know, they had just, they had just released Dan Hardy from uh, commentating and stuff and that whole situation. But you know, this, this is where they, I, there is a problem. There's a problem when you own somebody, you should never be able to own somebody. That's just wrong. I mean, if you want to keep George from fighting MMA in another promotion, yeah. I understand that. Totally understand that. Yeah. But to sit there and say, no, you can't go box. That's, uh, I'm sorry. That's, it's outside of the purview of what you had a, you know, yep. contract for. Now I do know that, yes, their contract does say boxing, you know, but he's, his whole, whole career was in MMA. And if he wants to go box at this age and not fight uh, MMA anymore, I don't think that the UFC or Bellator or one or any of them should have the right to tell the fighter, no, you can't go box. Yeah. I, I don't get that. Like if I look at it, like, um, <clears throat> like Michael Jordan, when he left the NBA, he went and played baseball. If, if the NBA was like, no, you can't play baseball because, because no, we have a contract on you. No, oh, that's another professional it's totally sport. Different. It's a different sport. It's completely different. And this is a different sport. Boxing. We've, we've, it's been proven just recently that yeah. MMA would like Ben Askren and boxing is different. It's completely different. And so like, I know that there's some parts of boxing that we use, but GSP's not making a run of another title in, in the UFC. No. So what's the point of locking him down and not letting him make money like millions all also, I mean, he would have probably made millions, you know, for that fight. I don't, I don't, that's, this is why fighters get, all up in arms over this all the act and all this other union stuff and and i mean outside of like this is why like if you, if you want to silence those type of people let gsp go go fight go do it man and i look i understood when i didn't like it but i understood when they when when the ufc was holding Randy tour hostage not to go fight over in affliction because it, it's it's mma it was a it's a separate promotion it was like yeah. that whole thing i understood you know, I didn't like it because I really wanted to see the Fedor and, and Randy Couture fight. Yep. But I thought I, I made I, it made sense, business sense. It made sense for the UFC to do that, and I understood that. This makes no sense. Yeah. You guys are just being selfish pricks. You know, like you guys, you, it's true, and that's really what it is. Like they want to control the situation and the narrative of what what happens. Let him go fight some fifty-three-year-old boxer, however old he is, Delahoy is. You know, and. Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd probably a fucking win. That's the other thing. He's probably going to beat him. You know? I mean, who, who's going to be his coach? Freddie Roach? Freddie Roach yes. knows Delahoy pretty damn well. Yeah. You know, he knows Delahoy pretty damn well. Yeah. And so I, I honestly believe, I honestly believe that Freddie Roach sees something in GSP to say, like, you know what? We've got a pretty good chance of winning this fight. Let's go out there and give it a go. It What's Oscar's age? I'd love 
He's 48. 48. 48. Okay. I said mm-hmm. 56. Well, That's we like, are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was 50. I thought he was already 50, but still, I mean, GSP's what, 42? Yeah, Don't worry, 42. Yeah. Let him fight, man. Go. I mean, you know, you know, GSP takes care of his body. Oh, yeah. He doesn't drink. He's always, he's always working out. I mean, all, when I follow him on Instagram, all I see is all of his workout shit. <laughs> There's never the, I don't ever see him post anything about anything outside of like his just workouts. He's doing his pool workouts, you know, his track workouts, all that stuff. I think it's shitty that they're doing that to him. He's going to be 40 go in a couple days. Oh, he's going to be 40 in a couple days. Damn. Oh, he's not even 40 yet. No. He's a young man. I thought, he was, I thought he was 42 or 43. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen that fight, to be honest. I would have actually paid for it. Yeah, that. actually, that was that would have been one that I would have uh, probably bought to watch. But, yep. but then again, they would, they would have lied about how many people bought that, too. So. At 1.5. <laughs> they uh, wish. That was laughable. Oh, oh man, I'm still wondering how many people got arrested. Remember, they said we're giving you 30 days notice to go ahead and pay your fees. Oh, I love that. One too. I think people are still waiting for the knock on the door. <laughs> uh, what else you got, Dave? Did you guys see this news that came out with Jason uh, Miller arrested for vandalism and attempted grand theft, and he gets a year in jail? This guy can't get out of his own way. Jason has had a rough go, and Jason's got. I want to say he's got you know he's got some uh mental health issues and it's it's not something to laugh about it's not funny it's uh it's sad he needs help with it you know it, this is you know let, let's let's just be honest with this mental health is something that most people are you know we don't even talk about you know we'll just say certain things but it, it's a serious problem you know people get you know ill in all kinds of way, but when it's in your brain, all of a sudden it's oh, you're just crazy. You can't help a lot of it. Now I'm not saying that he doesn't bring on some of these things himself and stuff, but you know, I used to work with Jason. Jason's a good guy, you know, but he does need to take his medication to help you know control, you know, some of the uh, things that you know start to impact him, and uh, it's it. I, I feel bad for Jason. He's he's a guy that had a lot going for him in a lot of ways. He's got a great personality in a lot of ways. He's funny as hell. He is crazy as hell as far as, you know, he'll do crazy things. But that, you know, I'm not saying it in a mental health uh, situation thing. I mean, you know, your friends, you go, that guy's crazy. He'll do anything. That's Jason. But um, (laughs) I really feel bad for him. I really do. I, I hope that he doesn't end up in jail. I don't know what he got arrested for with vandalism or attempted grand theft. So hopefully it, it works out. 300, he did sentence him to 364 days. Yeah. Well, that means he'll be in county jail if he's in 364 days. He doesn't go to state. He goes to county, which means he'll be out within a, sh- a short time, but still. Six months. Good behavior, maybe. Yeah. Probably faster than that. Oh, wow. Uh, all right. What else you got for us? Did you guys see this video? Oh, and Nick and uh, what's his name? Tyson, uh, Fury. Tyson, Fury. Tyson Fury. You got to love Tyson Fury, man. Do you remember when Tyson Fury was saying he would kill, you know, he wanted to fight Cain Velasquez? Yeah. <laughs> he wanted to fight Engano also. Oh. 
called out Francis Ngannou. Sent a video to him and some tweets or something like that. On he, he did a video and sent it to him on uh, on Twitter. He'll fight everyone. I, think oh, I, know. I love him. Fun. He is a blast. Yes. Know, talk about it. But again, and again, another guy that's had some mental health issues and stuff, but he he's been able to come up on the on the brighter side of things. But you know, hey, a lot of people have these problems, and you you got to give them some uh, some room, give them some help. Don't. Don't mock them. Don't say bad things. Don't, you know, make the situation worse. Try to make it better. He got a really funny body style. And it's just to watch him, I see him because I follow him on Instagram and I can see like the videos he posts. He's always walking around in like slippers and a, and a robe. He's always got on these, you know, like fight shorts. The oh, yeah. next fight shorts. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, and he's got he's great got love handles, man. He got them yeah. love handles. As soon as he starts to move, man, they're jiggling all around and stuff. And you go, and then you go, and that's a bad man. So, cause that, that dude can box. Yep. I think he's going to put it on Anthony Joshua. I don't think Anthony I've Joshua said that for a long time. Uh, you know, I, yep. if they ever put that fight together, Anthony Joshua, who I thought, you know, when, when Anthony Joshua was young, I said, man, this guy's going to be a heavyweight champion, but he doesn't have the skills to be in the ring for a long time with Tyson Fury. Tyson's just a way better yeah. boxer. Yep. Yep. And he's, he's a lot more active too, in terms of uh, his activity in the ring. You know, he's, he's got quite a, he, he's, his output is a lot more. And so Anthony Joshua will slow down as the fight goes on. Yep. What else you got? All right. Last piece of news is Conor McGregor um, being named the highest paid athlete of 2021 by Forbes. And then he comes out and says, baby, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Red <Man>. panty night. <laughs> Shit. I, I still am so baffled by the fact that he's still fighting. I'm like, why? You know, I, I don't, I don't understand at all. Like you obviously have other business ventures that you're really focusing on. If he loses this one, it could eventually, it could, it could potentially affect some of your business ventures that you're working on as well. So I don't know. I, I feel like, I don't know. I feel. I feel. I just. I don't know if we're gonna get the same Connor we ever got before because, like we were talking about with the Brandon Vera thing, is that when thing when there's other out when there's other things that are happening outside, mm-hmm. it kind of takes away from from what your focus is. It takes on away fighting. the focus. Yeah, fighting is not a part time activity. Really yeah, fighting let me, is. Let yeah, me is not let part-time. me finish all of these all things for you. Yeah, it's all the way in or all the way out, and so. Yeah, I I don't know if we're gonna see him much longer, but I enjoy watching him fight. But I I could see I, I don't I don't understand why he's still fighting. But I'm I'm to be honest, an MMA guy now is at the top of the Forbes magazine or whatever for the highest paid athlete. That's pretty, pretty good, huh? Impressive. Yeah, considering everyone, everyone complains about fighter pay, and everyone complains about fighter pay, and everyone complains about him. And this is where I tell people, this fighters I talk to, don't ever complain about him emulate him as far as look at what he's doing look at what he did you know the guy stepped out and he created a situation that made pay better for everybody that is in the upper categories Uh, obviously that's not going to happen in the mid mid levels or lowers but it's because of connor that a lot of guys are making a lot more money and he did it off of being very braggadocious about things, about making predictions, 
but he backed those things up. And when he backed those things up, he kept putting more and more pressure on the promotion to pay him more because he was delivering and he got people's attention and he made money and he made the company money. And so he deserves that. And then, you know, all the other things outside of it, business wise, he's made some really good decisions. He's, he's associated himself with very smart people. He has put himself in a position to have businesses that are making a lot of money that he is now some of them that he sold for a lot of money, you know, give it to him, man. You know, he's, he's doing things right as far as making, you know, his brand work and he deserves, he deserves credit for it. He really does. It, you know, the yeah. only, only difference is if Floyd was still fighting, he would be the guy at the top. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Floyd's going to come up here pretty soon, right? Against Jake Paul. That's not a fight. And He's already saying he's going to make $100 million just for that fight. <laughs> well, we'll see. Damn, Damn that's crazy. Uh, what else? That's it? All right. You want to do a fan question or two? Or? Um, let me see if I have any from last time. Okay. Oh, John. John, where, let me ask you this then, John. Talk to me, Where dude. does the lightweight division go? Where does the lightweight division go? If Dustin wins, he fights, obviously, uh, Charles Oliveira. If Connor wins, then what? Oh, if Connor wins, you know who he's going to fight. I mean, who, you're talking about who, Dustin? Yeah, if, yeah, no, Connor and Dustin are fighting. Yeah, if Connor if wins. Dustin wins, who does Dustin, who, who does Connor fight? Does yeah. Connor take the Oliveira fight? I don't think he does. Oh, he yeah. rides off into the sunset. No, 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 no. He may, he may not. not, he may not, you know, uh, fight Oliveira. He may, you know, say, I'm going to go up and do things, but he's going to want look, it, it comes down to this. You keep on asking. I don't know. I don't understand why he's fighting. He's fighting because it's a drug he can't get anywhere else. He loves that drug, that walk. The feeling of it, the standing in the cage, the announcement, all of it. He loves it. It lights a fire under his ass. And he can't get that as soon as he walks away. So that's the reason he keeps on fighting. Does you? I don't think he fights Charles Walker, though. If he wins, I don't think he fights for the title. I think... Um... I don't even know if the UFC would really want him to, knowing that he probably won't be active as a champion. You know, so like they want him, I think, to keep fighting, <laughs> but they don't care if it's the title or not because then he's not as active, and the, the title will be held up for a little bit. I think Dustin, obviously, if he wins, he ends up fighting Charles right off the bat to, you know, to get that title. Um, but then, like I said, where does it put if Connor does win and he doesn't fight for the title? Where does that put the division? You've got Charles at the top, and then you've got who else now down below? Gaethje's coming off of a loss. Chandler now coming off of a loss. Um, Tony's coming off of a loss. D maybe Darius. Darius is going to jump. Darius is going to jump. Yes, is going to go up. Yeah, I don't know who else is there. Who else is in that that bracket there? Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. Kies is in seventies. I'm. This is in seventy now. Yeah. yeah. So Ferguson's going to drop. Then you have Connor. You got Dos Anjos. I mean, no one wants to fight Islam. Nobody wants to fight it. <laughs> got matched up though. They get they give him a matchup. I don't know who he is. But it's a guy who's not I don't think he's in the top fifteen either. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, there was a uh, here. Tiago Moses. I'm I'm going. Oh, Tiago. It's a good fight. I'm going off of a uh, Twitter. I had someone asking you the whole thing about the Jordan Wright elbows, and the, those are twelve to six. People, I don't know what clocks you look at. All right, twelve to six is only up to down, not straight across, horizontal. It's vertical. Okay, I don't know what to tell you. If you if you can't understand that, stop watching the sport. I don't know what to tell you, but that's not an illegal elbow that Jordan Wright was throwing. It was legal. Yeah. People are crazy. Well, John, we we both know that there's no difference between a twelve and six elbow and the one that they're probably complaining about. It's the same damn elbow. But the, the thing is, like you had talked about when you were talking about in the rules back in the day when they were talking about the 12 to 6 and you and Lorenzo were there and you were fussing about, there's no difference. And Lorenzo turned to you and said, John, let it go. Let it go. Let them have this one thing. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I get it. So, um, yeah, they don't understand. It's like, we get it. It's this, we, we all understand it's the same exact damn elbow. If I do it this way, this way, or this way, as long as it's not doing this from 12 o'clock to six o'clock, that's, that's the only it's thing legal. That, it's legal. Thank you. So yeah, at least you understand it, Josh. That makes me feel so much better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Majority of the time I don't understand. Yeah. Um, all right. What you got for us? We'll do, we'll do two, two fan questions. Okay. Noah Macaluso asks your favorite meal after weigh-ins, favorite cheat meals. Um, you know, I never really had a favorite cheat meal because I had a nutritionist and the nutritionist always had me on the same, the same, I had to eat the same shit. You don't, you don't change what you're going to eat after you make weight because you still have to perform the next night. So you don't change anything that's out of your routine, you know, just because you made weight, you don't do that. You know, other, other than that, you, you drink a little bit of Pedialyte. I don't drink that during camp. I just drank it only after, after weigh-ins mixed in with some other stuff, you know? Uh, that would be the only thing. As far as my cheat meals go, I mean, to me, my cheat meals were always like either a big fat steak or, you know, a big ass, you know, a, a nice, uh, you know, pork chop, you know, on, on a double pork chop on a bone, like just anything like that. Those were my, those were my cheat with some sweet potatoes, with maybe some sweet potatoes with a little bit of marshmallows on them. Dude, your cheat meals suck. I know. Those are my cheat meals. <laughs> I, I'm not a I'm not a big I used when I was a kid I used to like a lot of sweets but I don't like them anymore really now like that's not big to me my my cheat dessert would be like a creme brulee with a little bit of fruit on there like that's it man I'm I'm pretty simple when it comes to that stuff why are you putting fruit on it you're trying to make it healthy <laughs> no <laughs> it was good my cheat uh, meal easy my daughter's street tacos she makes the greatest tacos you've ever had so that's my cheat meal. Corn or flour? Yes. Corn. Corn. Good. Good. That's that's why they're called street tacos, by the that's way. That's right. Is it? Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you from Scotland? <laughs> Did they even have street tacos there? Not so uh, No. All right. What else you got for us, Dave? Uh, Sam Unsung asks, question to John, because Josh is a homer, <laughs> which is more impressive, Khabib's 50-43 against Al? Or Holloway's fifty forty three against KR. Hashtag against though. I would honestly say that Holloway's fifty forty three against Cater is more impressive, based upon the way that he did that against a really good striker in Calvin. Um, 
putting on that kind of striking performance and getting uh, a 50-43 in that is just remarkable in my opinion. That that was one of the best performances I had ever seen in MMA as far as a single uh, fighter. That that Max Holloway, I said, that if that Max Holloway fights anyone, you know, in the 145-pound division, I'm not going to go outside of that, but he wins the fight. Yeah. You know, that was how impressive his performance against Calvin Cater was. So, all right. So I will. I know the question was for you, but I'm going to chime in here. Of course, I'm. I am going to show a little homerness here. But no, I'm, you. But I am not. I am not going to. I am gonna, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> it's to me that the Max Holloway for sure was the better performance. Yeah. But I want to yes. put. I want to put everything in perspective for you guys with the Ali Quinto fight. The Al fight. Remember that was where he Khabib had four different opponents that whole week. Or three. He, he had a new opponent the day before. Yeah, exactly. So it was like it just kept changing. Though it was supposed to be one person. That per- it was supposed to be Anthony Pettis, correct? Uh, it was supposed to be first Max Holloway. Yep. Then Anthony Pettis, and then it was Ally Aquinto. So then he and his original opponent was Tony. So then they, all these fights fell. They all fell off like within a week. You know, within that week, it was supposed to be this person, it was supposed to be that person. Then he got Al the day of the fight, basically, or the night before, yeah. and. So I, when I put it into perspective, that's pretty impressive knowing that this guy that you were fighting was nothing like the guy you were gonna, supposed to fight, the original guy you were supposed to fight. Shorter, stockier, better takedown defense, all of these things. is it, That's what was impressive to me about it. So, But I'm still going to lean with the actual overall performance was Max Holloway because it looks so beautiful. you know. But I, I put into perspective all the things that could be had to deal with that week and still went out there and pitched a shutout. I thought that was pretty damn impressive. It so. is. They're both equally impressive, just one because of the actual fight itself versus the other one with all the emotional baggage that came along with it. I thought was both both equally impressive. All right, guys. Well, that's everything. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button there on the YouTube. Also in SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all of our audio platforms. Hit the subscribe button there as well. We're trying to get our audio platforms up and listening. So if you guys can, I've actually had a couple of people reach out to me saying, hey, I'm listening to you guys at work now on the audio platforms. Uh, because I don't want to get in trouble for watching for watching on YouTube. I was like, all right, well, cool. So I want to thank you guys. And like I said, with traffic now picking back up, keep your eyes on the road. Don't watch us on YouTube as much. If you guys are driving, please, you know, drive safe and listen to us on the audio platform. You know, so subscribe everywhere you can. Hit the little bell off to the bottom right. That'll give you the notifications on when we drop our show. So normally we drop really early on Sunday, but then on our Wednesday drops, sometimes it changes from eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and ten o'clock. If you want to be one of the first in the comment section to say first, that means you should turn that notification bell on. Um, everything else, prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code and still. We got a really nice new Memorial Day shirt up there that podcast Dave here designed himself. I like to tip my hat to him after I yelled at him before you guys got on air today. Uh, but this was actually this was actually a really, really good uh, design. I love it. He has the American flag on there with the moral day over, and he's got the Wayne in arms, along with a big thank you on there as well. Like Good that job. one. Good job, Dave. Good job. So make sure you guys pick it up. You get the promo. You get 20% off with the promo code and still. Other than that, John, take it away. Other than that, just want to say, you know what? It was a really good show. I, I, was, I did not mind actually spending the $71 that cost me for my UFC tonight. I thought, I thought overall all the fighters really performed well. Some uh, really good fights. Really feel bad again for Jacare. I'm sorry that your arm broke, man. I'm sorry that happened to you. But for everyone else out there, I hope you have 
a beautiful Sunday as you listen to our podcast. And we will see you.